Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Her late majesty, Queen Elizabeth II, was one of the greatest leaders the world has ever known. The thoughts and prayers of the American people are with the people of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth in their grief. King Charles to address the United Kingdom. He would be known as King Charles III. Busing illegal immigrants. Washington, D.C. Declaring a public emergency. Repeal the special master. This is just the beginning. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. News and Views, Tom, and back from the uh, whatever, Benny, is work, (laughs) soccer. (laughs) Welcome back, welcome back. A lot of soccer. Uh, First off, thanks everybody that participated in the fundraiser for Carney uh, Hedgepath and his family uh, at the... uh, uh, fire department down uh, outside of uh, Washington. They sold out within just a couple of hours. So thanks for going out and supporting that good cause over the weekend. Lots to talk about this hour. <laughs> My uh, producer, our producer, uh, <laughs> sent me a, a meme of uh, Stacey Abrams. Is uh, NBC News has announced from Buckingham Palace, Stacey Abrams is the projected winner of the Queen of England contest. <laughs> Yeah, if you're looking online. <laughs> yeah, once once uh I guess they've announced. I guess they've had the ceremony for King King uh, Charles, right? Well, they've offici- well, they haven't had the ceremony in the sense that they, ha- they haven't gone through the canonization of King. Oh, they hadn't. Okay. But but they they have <laughs> announced that he is the king. I mean, so she'll probably announce it was a stolen Oh yeah, a stolen election. <laughs> a stolen uh coronation. Yeah, coronation. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carolina Journal is reporting the North Carolina Supreme Court has voted 4-3 to three to hear oral arguments in October in a lawsuit challenging the state's photo ID law. The vote split along party lines, Democrats supporting it, Republicans saying, wait. In light of the great public interest, the Democrats write in their opinion, in the subject matter of this case, the importance of the issue to this uh, constitutional jur- jurisprudence of this state and the need to reach a final resolution on the merits at the earliest possible opportunity, this case shall be scheduled for oral argument as soon as practicable on a date to be determined uh, sometime the week of October the 3rd or no later than October the 18th. Paul Newby, on the hand, wrote for the dissenting three justices, once more the majority expedites the hearing of a case where no jurisprudential reason supports in doing so. Given the impending November elections, expediting hearing in October on this voter ID matter will cause voter confusion, especially when this court recently entered a decision in another case involving uh, voter ID, North Carolina NAACP versus Moore. Additionally, the trial's court's permanent injunction in favor of the plaintiffs remains intact. In other words, if they don't hear this until after the election... We're not going to use photo IDs. Hmm. In essence, the, the 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 liberals that are against photo ID, they they have already prevailed in this, and you can have the appeal come up after the election. Why would you do this now? And you, you have to come to the conclusion that one, they want to play judicial activism, but it, it, they want confusion. You have to come to that conclusion. You also have to come to the conclusion, or one wonders, is this to set up an open lane for some sort of lawsuit? 
uh, you know, if the election doesn't go their way. Now, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me to say that because they're already prevailing. But, but why would you go in and do this kind of confusion right now, except this is your modus operandi? It's, it's <laughs> election time, so let's make it as confusing as possible. Yeah, and the progressive argument, Democrats' argument that voter ID in some way disenfranchises people of color's vote is just— <laughs> It's insulting the, to the people of color, It's insulting, frankly. it's intellectually dishonest, and the fact that you know people in the news media don't bring up then why 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 do you say that why it just yeah, amazes challenge me them. i mean think about how much i mean i've got friends um you know that served in in high, high levels of the military and and some you know in, in various levels of military i mean we have sent we have sent military officials state department officials around the world to help people have fair elections <laughs> well that was jimmy carter's role until he became so old he couldn't but and 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 part of that is ID, yeah, <laughs> some oh, yeah. sort of ID, oh, yeah. well, everywhere, and, and everywhere the, for everything you have to have an ID. And the fact that the, these things, when it comes to voting, continues to fall along party lines, to me just shows you know just how the act, the, the Supreme Court. I mean, they want to say the Supreme Court of the United States have become an activist court. No, the most activist court in America is North Carolina Supreme Court, oh, and it's oh, the fault. Oh. It's the fault of Anita Earls, and prior to Anita Earls. Um, um, running against Ted Budd, uh, Cherry Beasley. Yeah. Well, and uh, the former Attorney General, uh, Eric Holder, is uh, yep. the impetus behind it all, along with Mark Ialis. And we've got a current Attorney General, a former Attorney General being Governor Cooper. Yeah, yeah. All they did was not follow the law, but follow what the Democrat Party wanted to do. And listen, this is no real surprise. I mean, we we said all along this would happen. This, I mean, we're, we're, it's just a verification of how uh, wrong this North Carolina Supreme Court, how they are into judicial activism, how they are very, very partisan. And, you know, the, the idea that justice is blind, what a joke. Yeah. Yeah, in the 2020 election, um, you know, they basically changed the rules midstream. I think early voting had already started in 2020 oh, yeah. when they changed oh, yeah. the procedural standpoint. Oh, yeah. Of, uh, of various things, uh, not only you know, photo ID, but the uh, signature verification on, on the mail-in ballots. And the fact that we're here again, we've got election coming up again, and they're playing and games again. They're playing again. games again, uh, again out of the Carolina Journal. A lawsuit filed today by the Republican National Committee, along with the North Carolina Republican Party, along with Clay County GOP Chair Barbara Dees, over the state election rules come as early voting began last Thursday, September the 8th. The suit filed September the 9th seeks to rein in what Republicans see as an illegal tampering with election law by Democrat-majority North Carolina State Board of Elections, especially regarding the absentee ballot deadline and limits on election observers. The state board continues to undermine the democratic process with unlawful rulemaking and further restrict the rights of election observers threatening the integrity of our elections, said GOP Chair Ronna McDaniel in a press release. This lawsuit is the latest development in the RNC and North Carolina GOP's ongoing fight to preserve transparency in North Carolina elections and stop unelected bureaucrats from rewriting the law in the Tar Heel State. 
This coalition of national, state, and local GOP involved in the lawsuit specifically objects to the limits the North Carolina State Board of Elections has placed on at-large election observers associated with the state parties and to the moving of the absentee ballot deadline from November 11th to November the 14th. Uh, again, as you just said at the beginning of this story, they're at it again. The early elections have already started. Early balloting has already started. And um, here, here, the day after they start, we've got to file a lawsuit because they're changing the rules as we go along. The idea that we're, now the uh, this guy, uh, Pat Cannon, Gannon, uh, who is the spokesperson for the North Carolina Board of Elections, he has said that, uh, well, you know, we don't comment on lawsuits, but uh, I think this is a misunderstanding because of legal holidays. You know, we're not really moving it back. It's just uh, it's the same parameters as before. Uh, sort of a squishy answer, but the whole idea, but it, no answer to the idea that, wait a minute, why are you limiting observers? This is the same garbage, trying to keep a PG here, the same garbage that we saw happen all over this country in the 2020 election, and it's happening again. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, the twofold. Why, why weren't Republicans more on top of this, which is something we've been harping on for the last two years? And, you know, it's filing a lawsuit after it's begun. I mean, even if the Democrats lose, it's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Too late now. Sorry. Yeah, it, it really, you're talking about disenfranchisement. I mean, Bingo. The, the average voter, and I and I know voters, you know, the 2020 election, I know voters that told me they had never voted in their entire life. I'm talking 40, 50, 60-year-old adults, some of them former military, never voted until last election because of how important they thought it was, the presidential election. And now there's some of, the, some of these same ones saying, why go vote? Uh, the yeah. election is going to be stolen. Now, you know, everyone will say, well, no, the election won't stolen. There's been no evidence. Well, there's plenty of evidence. <laughs> it's just that uh, the lawsuits filed in the 2020 election basically had no standing to file those lawsuits. There was too much going on, too much stuff prior to the election. And the media is gladly changing the narrative. <clears throat> yep. All they want to talk about January 6th. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And, and you know, kudos to them. You, you've you've uh, done a, a halfway decent job. Although I, I do not think, I mean, right now, you know, the narrative is such as, ah, the Republicans don't have that big of a lead. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. My hunch is that the numbers that were projected a few months ago that this was going to be a tsunami, generally speaking, elections do tighten up. I'm not going to say it's going to be that strong of a tsunami. But I think I, I, tsunami is maybe too strong. Landslide, I think, is a, probably a proper a proper term for it. And again, you know, the polls, you get the results based on how you ask the questions. And uh, my, my, I, I hope, I've been wrong plenty of times, but I hope and I think I'm right that the Republicans ought to prevail pretty well. And I wonder how, it might be a good topic for a show if we can get someone on. Um, I would love to know the the what goes behind modern day polling and just how just how effective it is because you know people live their lives so much differently than just even 10 years ago i mean no one has landlines anymore unless unless you're like me and you live in the middle of nowhere and it's the only source of internet but um i mean really i mean i'd really like to know uh you know some of these some of these polling places um are really really close well here's the problem one 
do you if you don't recognize a number that comes in mm-hmm. on your cell phone do you answer it oh not on my cell phone no okay. no all right now my well, ha- a lot of this polling is done by cell phones two now now you're probably an exception to the rule because you're you're limited with the the internet coverage you have but we do we we are one of those rare breeds that still have our landline phone line mm-hmm. and I know, we never answer it yeah so you say why do you have it i don't <laughs> well, know because I, it's free with the the service we get that's why we just never gotten rid of well it. i'm one of those rare breeds as well that uh, drives drives my wife nuts that sometimes when i get a call at home on the landline and i recognize it's a polling i just want to answer it particularly if it if it's if it's not a live poll i'll hang up on it but if it's a live person I like to just have a fun, have fun yeah. with them. <laughs> but again, so many of these polls too are are push polls where they yeah. ask you a question. You know, do you still beat your wife? Yeah, yeah. And you know, you're you're darned if you do and darned if you don't. Yeah. Hey, we got to take a time out. Lots more to talk about and uh, interesting. What's going to happen with uh, the former CNN George Costanza? Where is he going? You're not going to believe it. But stay with us. We'll tell you about it. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. Political name-calling is nothing new. Representing extremism. But when a president starts doing it to distract from his own failures. That is a threat to this country. You know, it's getting serious. I woke up feeling like a great American, and then I find out my president thinks I'm a terrorist. They call us the, the fascists and the Nazis, and it's like, yo... Look at yourselves. Join the conversation. They're just trying to provoke a reaction out of us. This is News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Quick look at your weather forecast. Scattered thunderstorms tonight, low around 70. Tomorrow, intervals of clouds and sunshine, high near 85. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a low of 59, getting into the 50s. Mm, I love it. You know, I am looking <clears throat> forward to having a, a fire in the fire pit. And, uh, yeah, just, I, I like the fall when you wear a sweatshirt. Now, I don't, I'm not looking forward to sub freezing temperatures, but uh, cool, brisk, low humidity. I like it. Uh, Wednesday, sun and a few passing clouds, a high of 83 and a low of 58 with partly cloudy skies Wednesday night. It looks like great weather for Saturday's game at East Carolina here. Yes. Um, how about those uh, pirates? Yeah, they played pretty good. I, I actually watched it, watched it, and um, had some people over, and it it was really felt like a game that they could have just blown wide open early well, on. Or, or late on, they, L- they, they kind of yeah. did, but did. Uh, yeah. but it was how it about was, App State? <laughs> yeah. Wow, and how about Marshall? Marshall yeah. going up to Notre Dame and beating Notre Dame at Notre Dame. App State. Um, Beating Texas I think was A&M. paid like a million and a half <laughs> to go to go to Texas A and M to be a patsy to be a patsy for the team that you know I think have bigger NIL deals than anyone you know everybody's talking about pay to play down in Texas A and M and they went and beat them Marshall beat Notre Dame and there was another big uh, there was another upset there was like three upsets um, oh um, they beat Nebraska. Got oh yeah, yeah. It was another Sun Belt uh, um, team that beat Nebraska. Uh, got uh, their coach fired. On oh, Nebraska's coach got fired. Yeah, did he really? In I fact, he was. They, they let him go the next day, which he'd had some bad couple of seasons. And I think, I think they went ahead and let him go. And if they'd have waited two or three more weeks, it'd have cost them like seven or eight million dollars more. Wow. Scott Frost, he used to coach at uh, UCF in the uh, American Conference. Uh, Georgia Southern beat Georgia Nebraska. Southern. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. 
<laughs> you know, it's, it really is going to be interesting to see what happens uh, for this. You know, you're getting paid for your likeness and your image and all this stuff. Will it change the tenor of the football team? Will will the? I mean, because up to now everybody's been on one team. But now, if you got a yeah. if you got a football star quarterback who's making a quarter of a million dollars, and you got a lineman who's not getting anything or making ten thousand, uh, you know, is 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 the is the unity of the team? I, you know, I'm not trying to be a psychologist here, but will it change the flavor of these teams? <laughs> yeah, usually the quarterback gets the girls anyway. Now he gets the girls and the money. <laughs> So maybe his left tackle won't really like that. Well, we'll see. Uh, Daily Caller is reporting CNN's John Avalon admitted today that his own network, CNN, jumped the gun when reporting on an alleged racist incident at Brigham Young University. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. A Duke volleyball player, Rachel Richardson, claimed that there was a fan in the stands that was calling her the N-word during a game on August the 26th. And the immediate response from BYU was, we're, we're going to investigate. And the initial stories that came out was, this individual was taken out, he's, he's banned for life, blah, blah, blah. Well, BYU did a follow-up, and apparently there was all kinds of cameras and audio, and they listened and examined and listened and and you know, un- pulled back the covers, and guess what? Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 there was there was no there there. Mm. And uh, CNN gave an extensive a- attention to the allegations. Jim Acosta inviting former NAACP president uh, Cornell William Brooks, who's a flaming liberal. Um, a- another anchor interviewed uh, Richardson's father. Uh, Avalon, this guy came out, admitted today that we should have exercised more skepticism in their reporting. Healthy skepticism, he said, is always a virtue, but this doesn't read like a cover-up. Instead, it feels like there was a rush to judgment because of a well-intentioned impulse to believe the Duke players' accusations. Avalon also noted that BYU did not conclude that Richardson was lying, only that there was no available evidence to corroborate her claims well yeah i mean i I think it went a little further than that Mm. i mean when you go and listen and you've got video and audio evidence and there's nothing there i mean that okay even though maybe they're being kind enough that they they weren't the ones they're going to say this woman is a liar but how many times have we seen this where some liberal co-ed at a liberal university make something up maybe it's an accusation that she was called a name like this woman did or in some cases look and these these cases exist where some girl comes out or a young lady comes out and says i was raped or you know there was date rape and uh, you know the guy says oh, wait and that didn't happen and then there's evidence afterwards and she finally turns around and admits she made the whole thing up mm-hmm. or that she was robbed or that she was assaulted and, and and you know the police investigate and then finally she confesses she made the whole thing up Avalon went on to say systemic racism is a real and corrosive to the soul of our country, but facts always have to come first. Here's the problem. There is systemic racism, and the way CNN handled this story is exhibit A of this systemic racism. Mm-hmm. 
you immediately believe this woman. And listen, if this what would you have given a conservative white male adult that would have said, you know, I I was you know accused of this. There was a violent threat against me. Would would you have given him the time of day? I don't think you would have. I think because of who said this and what was said, and, and it also fits your narrative that we're living in this um, white supremacy society, which doesn't exist, that, that whites are superior, that they're guilty by the shade of their skin. I mean, this is the propaganda that's going on in our universities and all the way down into our public school system, mm-hmm. that if you're white, you're guilty. If you're black, you're a victim. And you played right into it. Well, you know, when we first talked about the story came out, what, two weeks ago, we were skeptical about it. I, I was, number one, skeptical because, number one, in 2022, you'd have no cell phone video. You had 5,500 people in the stands. No cell phone video. That that made me question. And number two, the Duke player did not talk about this until her godmother is how she describes herself. I can't remember her name, who was running for office in Texas, started tweeting this stuff. The Duke player never mentioned it until she started tweeting it, and then the Duke player came out. You know, you're talking a 19, 20-year-old. Um, I, I can see where being influenced by an older person, hey, you, you sure you didn't hear this? Because th- th- there was yelling at the fa- – there's yelling at any – Sure, any, at any, absolutely. At any uh, sporting event from opposing fans. But you just cannot tell me that if that was going on every time the person served – that video, somebody would have videoed it, and it would have been on Twitter within yeah. seconds yeah. of when it happened. You're saying there's 5,500 people at a girl at a no. Woman's? This was a, this was like a big time tournament. Okay. Um, right. Okay. And it was. I mean, it was broadcasted. Um, it was the game was actually broadcasted. So there's not just normal audio. Okay. It was broadcast. Well, I, the audio they checked was apparently in house video mm-hmm. and audio. But uh, but I was um, going to say if they can have 55 people show up for a woman's volleyball no it was it was a big time tournament but you know jason whitlock uh that's a a former sports columnist now really more more into uh politics and the news and opinion uh set in for glenn beck last week but last week on his podcast he said something that was great he said the demand for racism in america is greater than the supply and to your Hmm. point cnn CNN is looking for racism. They're looking yep. for this a car accident, a train wreck, yeah, exactly. and they want to do it. They were quick to judge on this story. Now they're coming out and admitting it now. But when Brigham Young did the um, press release last week, saying that hey, we've done all this, we can't find any any evidence. Guess where you could find it on CNN's website? It was buried. I had to go find it. Now two weeks earlier, number one story. Hmm. They ran. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was all over the news. It was all over their their website. And the biggest the biggest problem and threat to racial divide in America is the press. And they're and they're toting the water for the Democrat Party that wants to create an all out race war. I am convinced of that. Well, and you have Joe Biden who's constantly harping on the fact that MAGA Republicans are the biggest threat to our democracy. No, they're not. Yeah. It's 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 this. I mean, one of the bigger threats to our democracy is this biased press that won't give you a a fair and honest answer. Then constantly is twisting the news. Uh, you know, an, another big threat to our democracy is the fact that you have got this partisan judiciary, aka example A, is uh, the North Carolina Supreme Court. But the other big thing that you have that's a threat to our democracy right now is how that we have three branches of government 
And certain branches of the government, a.k.a. Joe Biden's administration, and just like Obama, continues to want to bypass the legislative way we create laws. And basically, via executive order, just we're going to go ahead and create them. And now, more and more, you have a media and an executive branch, and for that matter, people, certain segments of our, uh, of our uh, legislative branch, totally ignoring the, a conservative judiciary. And what's the, the scarier thing about it is, <clears throat> and by and large, I mean, the polls prove it, pe- the majority of people in the Democrat Party are okay with that. They were okay with it yeah. with when Obama. I'm not okay if Donald Trump or a Republican— Thank you. I'm not okay with him issuing executive orders all the time. That's not what our process is about. But unfortunately, people that vote at least you know 50% of the votes in America, Democrat Party— are saying it's okay. That's the scariest part. Well, you know, our school system has done a great job of making our population, uh, the, the citizenry, uh, ignorant of how our government works and well, uh, reinventing it. Well, to my point about CNN correcting the story, I'll give credit to my wife. She says, if it's a first-page story, then it should be a first-page correction. I mean, it's yeah, a good point. It is. And we realize that most of your good thoughts come from your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of CNN, Brian Stelter, the George Costanza of CNN, who was canned a couple of weeks ago. Guess where he is going? What is his next gig? Seinfeld redo? (laughs) Yeah. Now, that would make sense. You know, he could be the twin brother of George Costanza if they have a uh, redo of uh, Seinfeld. No, he's going to do a stint at Harvard. (laughs) <laughs> the Harvard Kennedy School is welcoming, welcoming reliable sources anchor Brian Stelter to its ranks this fall. And the uh, headline on Fox News, former CNN host Brian Stelter gets Harvard Fellowship discussing threats to democracy. This is just what we're talking about. <laughs> this guy is one of the bigger threats to democracy. His network is one of the bigger threats to democracy, and he's going to Harvard to teach a course on threats to democracy. I'm telling you, this is an elite school, and they're hiring this bozo? Well, when your tuition's, what, eighty or $100,000? I mean, that's a hell of a lot of money to waste. So, I mean, <laughs> bingo. I mean, <laughs> got to waste what? it somewhere. So, uh, is Al Sharpton going to head up the English department? <laughs> <laughs> No, he's gonna probably uh, he's gonna probably head up to school of finance because <laughs> he's made a damn good living doing nothing. Well, and 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 not paying taxes not and paying getting taxes. away with it. Yeah. <laughs> Town Hall is reporting uh, on Kamala Harris, the constipation woman. She she has raised stupid to a whole new level. She was on over the weekend with uh, Chuck Todd. And uh, he asked her about our secure border. When uh, asked by Todd, Harris said the border is secure. Here's the give and take from earlier this weekend. I think that there is no question that we have to do what the president and I asked Congress to do. Is the first request we make, pass a bill to create a pathway to citizenship. The border is secure. But we also have a broken immigration system, in particular over the last four years before we came in, 
and it needs to be fixed. We're going to have two million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border is secure? We have a secure border in that that is a priority <laughs> for any nation, including ours and our administration. But there are still a lot of problems that we are trying to fix, given the deterioration that happened over the last four years. We also have to put in place a, 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 a law and a plan for a pathway for citizenship, for the millions of people who are here and are prepared to do what is legally required to gain citizenship. We don't have that in place because people are playing politics in a state like this and in Congress. On, By the way, you want to talk about bipartisanship on an issue that at one time was a bipartisan issue, both in terms of Republican senators and, and even presidents. If this was a bipartisan issue, it was because both sides truly wanted a secure border, and it was a secure border. I mean, listen, we can fix the border crisis by creating a pathway to citizenship. So apparently then we can fix the crime problem by legalizing assault and battery. <laughs> was that Chuck Todd? Yeah. Yeah. You know, here, here's a good follow-up question to that. Well, if it's secure, why, you know, if Governor Abbott is sending um, – migrants to our nation's capital and the mayor of washington dc is asking for a state of emergency yeah sending them to chicago and to new york and they're saying they can't handle it places that have multi hundreds of millions of dollars of budget but it's okay for our border towns in arizona and texas to just be inundated with people across the border fentanyl across the border terrorists across the border she's a liar there's no other way to say it she is a liar well you know they recognize that this is not a winning political issue for them that an insecure border and while it is evident to all i mean you have got to literally be living in a hole somewhere for it to not be evident that we do not have a secure border and the, the stupidity of, of what they're doing is is the fact that you you don't think that we all recognize how how horse the border is i mean i don't care who you are unless you're living in a hole or living under a rock there's no way that you i mean you know that this woman is lying through her teeth yeah and she knows it. you could tell just by the i mean when you see the video she's even more insecure she's answering the question but even in her voice and the way she pauses and hesitates and stumbles through the answer you know that she doesn't believe what she's saying she's a freaking mental lightweight number one but number two does she not have the you know I know I'm not blessed with one of America's great voices, but please tell me if I ever start talking like this on the radio. I mean, she sounds the patient. Oh my gosh, she sounds horrible. <laughs> well, the uh, yeah, but and then she blames Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Fix fix the deterioration that happened over the last four years. Donald Trump patched up the hole, and we were on 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 target. To have a secure border, and what? And as soon as Biden gets in there, the the porous opens back up, <laughs> and and she says because uh, people are playing politics. Yeah, and you're Exhibit A. <laughs> we talk about uh, sometimes the political uh, satire website Babylon B, but yeah, uh, uh. talking about the border reminded me of one I saw last week that um, that Texas has started using. Uh, 
u-hauls left over from california people moving from california to rebuild the wall (laughs) and showed the u-haul buses stacked up our southern border is secure but it's the problem is it's secured by the mexican cartel (laughs) yeah yeah they're trying to see how much fentanyl they can get across the border and how many uh how many innocent mexicans that they can charge tens of thousands of dollars to, to ship them over the united states so as the border czar or apparently her whole uh, strategy is just to lie about what's going on and and we're supposed to sit back there and and feel good about our government it um you can't get this stupid by accident <laughs> i mean you got to work on it you have to be working on it hey we got to take another time out be with us stay with us we'll be right back This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Republican governors have gotten together and they've sent a letter to the Biden administration declaring they fundamentally oppose Biden's plan to force American taxpayers to pay off their student loan debt um, in view of uh, an elite few. They write, only 16 to 70% of Americans have federal student loan debt, and yet your plan will require their debts to be redistributed and paid off by the vast majority of taxpayers. Shifting the burden of debt from the wealthy to the working Americans has a regressive impact that harms lower-income families. Borrowers with the most debt, such as $50,000 or more, almost exclusively have graduate degrees, meaning hourly workers will pay off the master's and doctorate degrees of high-salaried lawyers, doctors, and professors. What's more, the top 20% of earning households hold $3 in student debt for every $1 held by the bottom um, quintile, uh, generating a lopsided reality where the wealthy benefit at the expense of the working. Simply put, your plan rewards the rich and punishes the poor. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, it used to be considered that the Democrat Party was the working man's party. Now, apparently, it's the freeloaders' party. But uh, so the uh, 22 Republican governors sent this letter. Um, now, I don't think the letter is going to do any good. I think a lawsuit will end up, there will be a stay on this. It won't be put into effect, and eventually uh, Biden will lose. But uh, don't if you think I, I've got a, an extra ten grand or twenty grand that I can go out and spend on something, uh, I wouldn't spend it quite yet. Mm. What's interesting though, the majority there's a new poll out by Trafalgar, published just today. The majority, and it's not a huge amount, but it's uh, you know it, it, well consider this fifty five percent to forty four percent is uh is pretty lopsided i mean that's a landslide in a in a uh, an election well 55.6 percent of likely general election voters say they are either much less likely or somewhat less likely to vote for candidates who support the bailout Hmm. of those 49 percent of respondents say candidates supporting the action are much less likely to receive their vote Less than half, 44% of respondents say they're more likely to vote for candidates who support Biden's student loan forgiveness. Of those, 30.9% say they are much more likely to vote for candidates that support it. So bottom line is, Biden thinks this is going to be good for the upcoming election. According to this Trafalgar poll, there's basically only a third of the likely voters 
that are saying that this is makes them much more likely to vote for that candidate. Hmm. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, again, I don't think it's going to happen. But see, all Biden wants to do right now is to have that before the people between now and November. In the midterm. And yeah. he doesn't care what happens to it at that, you know, after that. It's it's a, a political ploy, ploy. And maybe uh, maybe see see how that coincides with the Democrats' effort to get out young people, new young voters, because you would think, you know, you think someone, you know, eighteen to thirty or whatever would be, uh, you know, in the in the camp that would be. I mean, they got current college, either have current college debt, or either they're in college, seeing how much it costs, and uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's what efforts we're trying to do you know, it's the, purely the, political there used to be a time though when americans would say wait a minute you know even if i benefit that's not fair <laughs> I, I mean those days have passed yeah those days are past and i mean what, what will it take to get back to those days to to do the next right thing regardless of how it benefits you or how it costs you to do the next right thing it's it's you know it's it's just not right that i went out and took out this loan and I'm going to make somebody else pay for it. No, I object to that. I will take care of my own debts. Thank you very much, Biden. I mean, how many? Now, I'm sure there are people out there that are thinking that and saying that, and perhaps would even do that. But, I think I think it's going to take to a point of where individuals have such little liberty that uh, that's that's the point it's going to get to. Yeah. Less and less individual liberty. Uh, well, and, you know, that's the name of the game. People are constantly trading in their liberty for what they think is security. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, they'll have neither. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Whatever it takes. I love the in my I do whatever it takes. Back to the show. It really makes you... He is a genius. He's all-powerful. He brought a kind of heat. He could be the best. Just don't hurt yourself, okay? More news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys have uh, got an issue. Their quarterback, Prescott, has uh, fractured his right thumb. Yeah, ouch. And uh, apparently uh, Tampa Bay, as uh, Tom Brady still has it, as they beat uh, Dallas yesterday. But uh, now there's speculation by some that maybe the Cowboys ought to go and uh, bring in Colin Kaepernick. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Uh, Fortunately, Michael Irvin, the former Cowboy superstar wide receiver, a black man, Fortunately, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Fortunately, he said, get out of here. <laughs> he said, let's stop with this Colin Kaepernick stuff. Just stop. He's been out of football for five years. He's done. We'll go with the backup quarterbacks they already have. And I'm grateful that he said it because if a white guy had said that, we'd be hearing how racist everyone is, especially everybody in the NFL and the Dallas Cowboys. They're all racist because they didn't hire Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> Although part of me would really like to see him be a part of the Cowboys just to get his He's <laughs> terrible. Fanny put down and the fact that, yes, it would all be very evident that you're mediocre at best. Which, you know, I, I, I got to give him credit for 
keeping itself relevant. I mean, he kept himself relevant long enough to get Nike to pay him stupid money for well, no again, reason. That's the woke committee. It's the same reason, you know, you got an Al Sharpton. That's Jesse been, Jackson, Al Sharpton. Yeah, yeah they're all race baiters. Yeah. I mean, it's an industry. But, but imagine, to your point, imagine if um, uh, quarterback for the Cowboys, that's a sports commentator, Phil, Phil Sims. Imagine if Phil Sims made that comment or – or some of the other white commentators, oh, it, yeah. it would be that's, that's, plastered all over the papers about how racist the Dallas Cowboys are. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking uh, during one of the breaks. Um, right now, be encouraged. And I, I've said for – I've been doing this program for almost 12 years now, and I've said all along the, the conservative movement will really find its legs as we see more and more minorities, particularly black Americans – uh, realize that they've been fed a, a pile of garbage by liberals for decades. And, you know, Lyndon Johnson said back when they passed the Civil Rights Act of uh, back in 64, he said, we'll be having these blankety blanks vote for us for the next 200 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is so many quality black men and women that are either commentators or running for office or in office. Uh, you got the new guy from uh, down in Florida, Brian Donald. Uh, we we're talking Jason Whitlock earlier. John James is running. Our own Mark Robinson, uh, Winston Sears up in Virginia. Larry Elder, commentator. He, in fact, there was a piece about him thinking about maybe I'll even run for president. Candace Owen, Herschel Walker, uh, Vernon Jones. I mean, there is a bevy of quality uh, black conservatives that are out in the highways and byways and running for office. And I'll tell you what, the more I hear from these guys, uh, this Brian Donald, Mm -hmm. uh, they are sharper than most white conservatives. And it scares the heck out of the Democrat Party. And that's why they keep trying to divide people based on race. (laughs) Good point. Love it. And thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.